You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm, Fem. Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, Fem Fam. Guess what? We have been getting some really amazing guests lately, thanks to some awesome PR teams. And we are adding a little bit to our season this season because we've been getting so many cool guests. So the guest that we're going to chat to today, um, she actually kind of appeared on our radar, not last minute, but recently. (laughs) So we're popping her in because her film is actually going to be released today when you're hearing this episode. And you'll hear more details about that near the end of the episode. But I just want to let you guys know, you can expect a slightly longer season. um, Because after the season, Carolina and I are going to get pretty heavy into more sync stuff, which we've talked about a good bit on the podcast, but we'll be sharing a lot more of kind of our behind the scenes experience. So we might have slightly less guests next season, but I can guarantee you're still going to learn a lot. Hopefully laugh a lot. I'm sure we will. (laughs) Um, But today I have a solo episode as Carolina started her nine to five, if you haven't already heard. Um, But our guest today is absolutely amazing. I had such a blast talking with her. I loved hearing about her whole experience as a director and her whole career, really. Um, It's inspiring, for sure. So our guest today is Anna Guto. She is the writer-director of Paradise Highway. She has done a lot in her career. She started in theater, then moved on to film. Um, This is her, though, directorial debut for a feature film. And I am so excited to watch this film, you guys. I got to see the trailer so far, and it looks amazing. I'm really excited to watch it. It looks like it's going to be a really fun ride. And Paradise Highway, put out by Lionsgate, is a story that Anna's been working on for a while, and it really shows in, you know, the intricacies of the relationships of these characters. And, you know, you can tell that she put in the work. (laughs) She did the research, and she gets into that in this episode, which is some really interesting points that we're going to hit. But I know you guys will be inspired, and I hope this makes you want to go out and watch the film. Um, which will be listed in the show notes exactly where you can watch it besides just select theaters, also on some streaming. And as Anna mentions, she's going to be at some screenings and Q&As. So we will share that information with you as well if you'd like to go out and see the film and hear her talk about it in person. But in the meantime, enjoy my chat with Anna. Anna, thank you so much for coming on today. We're really excited to talk to you. Um, Carolina and I started out as actors 
and progressed through various jobs in the filmmaking <laughs> side of it. Uh, we're now producers and she's beginning her directorial career. So we're excited to Exciting. hear about- Yeah, thank you. So we're excited to hear about your experience. I know you've done a lot before Paradise Highway, so we'll get into that a little bit first, but then Paradise Highway being your first feature directing job. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. It's my, it's my, it's my feature debut. Amazing. I love that. Well, yeah, let's start from the beginning. Um, I was looking a little bit kind of over your bio on IMDb and I saw how much you've really done in your career, even up until this point. So if you just want to share with our audience a little bit about that. Well, I mean, for me, I started, uh, I started in theater. I always, uh, I always knew I wanted to be a storyteller in some sort and, and theater was sort of what was accessible. And also, uh, I also started out as an actress and, and uh, theater was really my space for acting. And, uh, and I loved it. I did it for a long time. I did, I, I did it in, in Europe and then in New York for many years. And then I started a theater company. I would, you know, put up my, put up plays. And I would, in New York, I would say I did pretty much like 50-50 uh, acting and producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that and uh, and ended up uh, and then but but I always knew I always knew that I would graduate into directing at some mm-hmm. point like I always knew that I would become a director uh, but I always felt it was something that I needed to graduate into because I felt like I needed other experience before before going there um, but then as I started directing more in theater I realized that theater was not the right medium for me as a director. For an actor, as an actor it was, but as a director, I needed to work in a medium that was more visual Mm -hmm. because in theater, even though theater obviously is visual as well, everything still has to be said in dialogue. Right. And and the realization of that made me be like, okay, well then this is not quite my, my medium. So then I, you know, as, as one does, I got sort of friends and all my resources and tried what I could to make a short film. And I made this little short film called The Kangaroo. And, and then I, I knew that that was my space. That was my medium. And uh, being on set really felt like home. So, uh, so then from there, I, um, I actually decided to go to grad school because I didn't have a graduate degree. And I felt like I really wanted to have that period of time where you can just focus on your own development within mm-hmm. something. And uh, so I gave that to myself uh, and I was lucky enough that I got scholarship. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, so I did my MFA at Columbia University in New York and really got to, to immerse myself into, into becoming a filmmaker and a director. And, uh, and that's actually where I started writing Paradise Highway, mm-hmm. the script for this movie. Okay. Um, and then after, after Columbia, I, uh, I did, uh, I did some, sort of episode directing or split season directing on the Netflix show and uh, also did some more shorts during the time of course and and uh, and all that time I was still also developing Paradise Highway and then now it's finally come to fruition but I started writing I started writing I just realized this like a couple of months ago that I started writing Paradise Highway when my first child was born Mm -hmm. 
and he is now 10 years old oh, or he's, wow. tur he's turning 10 in October. Yeah. So it's been, uh, so it's been a journey. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, first of all, I love that you said that you gave that to yourself, like going back to school and getting, you know, this actual degree in filmmaking, because, you know, we always kind of debate, is film school worth it? And <laughs> I think mm. for us personally, we've come to the realization that it completely depends on the person. It depends, mm. you know, what you feel like you want to learn, what you feel like you're lacking in, you know, all that sort of stuff, because plenty of people do go to successful film careers without film school and other people would have been lost without it, you know, so it really depends mm. on the person. But I love that you approached it in a way that's not, you know, I need to do this in order to consider myself a real filmmaker or something like that. You said you gave it to yourself, which I think is, is a really important distinction, you know, you did it yeah. for you. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely did it for me because I felt, you know, if I could have been as productive and done as much within the same number of years, not being in film school, mm -hmm. but I felt like, at least for me, I felt like going to sort of a structured environment and where I would have professors and teachers and, and, and other students, it would be easier for me to really immerse myself mm -hmm. and to really kind of make that transition. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's completely individual. I mean, some people can have great careers without going to any school. And a lot of people go to school and don't have a career. So it's really just what you feel like matches for you. Yeah. Yeah, I love that approach. And I also love that you, you know, were honest about how long you've been working on this one project. And, you know, working on a project can mean <laughs> a myriad of things, you know, but that you've been with this project for 10 years, essentially, until really mm. getting it into production. And I think a lot of people until they really get into filmmaking, whether it's a career or even just a hobby, don't realize, you know, yes, it's a lot of work, but there's so much time that really, really needs to be taken to put into it. And again, each project's different, you know, some mm. have way shorter or longer timelines for sure, but mm. to not be afraid to take that time, I think is a really important thing. You know, if it's a story that you really want to tell a specific way and you know how it needs to be done, or maybe it's the opposite, that you don't know where it needs to go yet, but you know you want to stick mm. with this project, Like it's important to take that time for yourself and for the project's sake. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I mean, for me, I would have happily had it happen sooner, <laughs> of course, but, but you also want to do it right, and, and you want to you wanna honor the story and, and bring it together in a way so that the story can be fully mm. what it needs to be. Um, but obviously, but, but, but I, but I also believe that it is important to be impatient as well, mm -hmm. because even though, you know, now it sounds like a lot with 10 years, but, and obviously, like I said, I did other things throughout those 10 years, but I was incredibly impatient the whole time. Mm -hmm. And if I hadn't been, I don't know that it ever would have happened because yeah. that's also part of how it happened was that I was kind of continuously really working very hard to always kind of inch it those steps forward in order to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also an important distinction is that, you know, you weren't just sitting on this project, that you were actively mm -hmm. working on it the entire time as well. I know that's something Carolina and I always 
feel a little, you know, when someone says, well, how about that project that you guys were talking about, you know, two years ago and Mm -hmm. we haven't, you know, don't have anything to show quote unquote for it yet, but we've been working behind the scenes on it the whole time. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. hard sometimes to make people understand, you know, how much work Mm -hmm. goes on behind the scenes in development and pre-production and Mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it takes, well, it, it takes time to make something good. And, and that's, that's always going to be our goal is to try to make something that we, that we feel like is the best way to tell that story. And, you know, with, with this script, for example, you know, the, the, the time in research has been incredibly valuable, Mm -hmm. both research into like female trucking, also the issue of trafficking, of course, and, and also like FBI. And I've had I've found consultants in all of those fields and people to talk with. And I've been on the road with the female truck driver, this woman, Desiree Wood, that I've, that I've gotten to know very well. And, you know, that's, that's also part of the work is to all the time get closer and closer to, to the environment and to the issues and to the relationships and to the characters and all of that. And, and, and all of that, everything you invest ends up on the page and then ends up on the screen. Yeah. And, and especially, I mean, research has always been important to me also when I worked in the theater and, and it was, I'm so glad that I had the research I had on this, on this, uh, on this film, because once we were on set and as you know, with the caliber actors that I had on board, I, I was a novice compared to them as a director, mm-hmm. but but it was very um, it was very easy to have mutual respect because they also knew that I knew this film mm-hmm. and that I knew this environment and I knew these people and I knew their jobs and their professions and and that so I, I feel and 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 it was certainly important in the development process too with the producers and it just it creates respect you know yeah and. Um, and uh, so even, even if someone would have wanted to, it wouldn't have been easy to find, even if it was a more, more, maybe a more experienced director, it wouldn't have been easy to find someone who could handle all of the issues that were involved in this. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've even noticed that with, with, with the studio and with the distributors, that there is a, there is a respect in terms of certain choices that that they uh, that <clears throat> that they have to kind of trust certain things because because of the research that I have. Yeah, makes sense. <clears throat> um, real quick for our listeners, I'd love if because we mentioned a little bit kind of what the film's about, but if you could just mm. give them kind of a brief synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for me now, ten years in a brief synopsis, <laughs> I don't know. No, but um, the film is about a female truck driver. And uh, her name is Sally. And the only person she has in the world is her brother, Dennis. He's in prison. And she, she, does, she doesn't like it, but she does these drug runs for him on the outside so that a prison gang keeps him, him safe on the inside. Mm. And then this particular day when she's going to pick up a package of drugs, it turns out that it's not the package of drugs. It's a young girl. And it's, it's a girl called Layla who is 13 years old. 
So it puts our, our main character in, an, in, in a terrible dilemma. Mm -hmm. And it's a dilemma that then drives the whole rest of the story forward. And eventually Morgan Freeman and Cameron Monaghan come in as this, this uh, quite wonderful sort of FBI pair where Morgan Freeman is an FBI consultant and Cameron Monaghan is a relatively new agent. Um, and then the story is just, it just go, goes along and I don't want to reveal too much more. Yeah. I watched the trailer. It's, I, I love just, um, even specifically in the way the trailer is made, because sometimes, you know, you have the trailers that like, either you don't really even know what the movie is about by the end right. of it, or it tells you the whole thing. And you're like, now right. I don't even need to watch the movie. So I think you guys did a really good job with the trailer. Um, but well, it really I have to thank excited. Lionsgate for that. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, but it really did make me excited to watch it. It looks like a really good story. And I do love the pairing of Morgan Freeman and Cameron Monaghan, Monaghan because it's just even visually, like you kind of get that gist already that, you know, he's been in the field a while, he's seen it all. And then you've got this new fresh face, you know, so mm. I think that's going to be a really cool relationship to watch on the screen. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a lot of fun. And again, I mean, they're also, I had this FBI consultant, you know, with me, uh, who unfortunately has to stay anonymous because he's mm. an active agent, but he, but a lot of the lines that Cameron and Morgan have are actually kind of transcript from conversations I had with that guy, which, oh, is, so which fun. is fun, you know, and actually, especially some of the kind of like jokes and things like that are, so it's um, so it, it's also very real, even though sometimes those kind of characters feel a little, you know, it, it feels like one has seen it before, but it's 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 a little different in this one, I think. Yeah, and I uh, and also just because Morgan and Cameron are both really wonderful, it's it's great to watch them. Yeah. And listeners, just so you know, Cameron's going to be on our next episode. So make sure you tune in next week for that as well. We get to chat with him, too. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. So tell me, you know, you you came up with this idea back when you were in school and you've been working on it for 10 years before it comes to life really fully physically. What exactly inspired you in the beginning to write this? So the the, the sort of seed of the inspiration came a long time ago. Um, when when I was a teenager, it turned out that there had been a brothel in my friend's building. Mm -hmm. And this was, this is, this was in, you know, a safe city in a safe neighborhood. This was not, and it just really shook me to realize how trafficking is happening right under our noses mm -hmm. and that we're not really doing anything about it. So I, um, so ever since then, it sort of kept bugging me. And then as I started making movies, I knew I wanted to create a story that addressed it in some way. And I knew I didn't want it to be an issue movie. I wanted it to be an exciting, like I wanted it to be a movie that people go and see and they can enjoy a movie. And as I was kind of working on developing it, I, I was so lucky to have Paul Schrader, you know, who wrote Taxi Driver, et cetera. I had him for one semester at Columbia and we were talking about the story. And then he said to me, he was like, you know, Anna, there is this, I've seen this like YouTube video, of this trucker woman you should take a look at her and and then when I started researching these the female trucking industry and all of these women and got to know Desiree then then the character of Sally really came to life mm -hmm. and um and and it it was exciting you know to yeah 
So, 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 so there are all of these different things. And then on top of that, I, I think there is definitely also on more of a relationship level of the core relationship in this story between Sally and this young girl, mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot there also in the fact that I became a mother, right, as I was starting to write this. Yeah. And, and um, as everyone knows who, who, is a, who is a parent, then there is, you know, there's joy, but there's also kind of trepidation because suddenly you're, this little person's life is fully your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, so there's definitely part of that in it too, and I think, yeah, at least that's how it was for me that like creating a story that really came together in a good way. There are a lot of different elements that that come together to create a good story. Yeah, very cool. So um, after school, you know, you said you went on to do a few separate things, short films, directing some episodes on TV, stuff like that. So when it came time to actually make Paradise Highway, how did that all really, like, how did that ball get started rolling? Well, it was kind of like I mentioned, it was sort of, I was pushing that ball all the time while I was doing these other things. (laughs) Um, but it really, I, I, you know, there was a big step when I found the right producers, because there were definitely, you know, a few rounds with different producers who it didn't turn out would really would really maybe have the capacity to get this movie made. And then I met Claudia Bloomhuber in uh, 2018, I guess it was. And uh, so then when we started working together, then it started of ha- ha- having more momentum. Mm-hmm. But then really, it started really gaining momentum when Juliette Binoche came on board. Okay. And that was, um, and that was a lot of luck. And uh, also, um, my, my cinematographer, John Christian Rosenland, he had worked with Juliette 10 years earlier, and mm-hmm. he sent her the script. And then here's where the luck comes in. When she received the script, she was on a road trip in the same kind of landscape as in the movie. Yeah. So she told me later, she said, she was like, you know, Anna, I opened the script on my phone and here I was reading and reading about the same landscape that I was seeing out the window. And I <laughs> thought, I'm just going to have to do this movie. Um, <laughs> but obviously also, I mean, she also said she really responded to the character and, and to be able to step into this kind of transformational role for her mm-hmm. was exciting. That's amazing. So um, she's obviously a big name and that's really cool that your cinematographer was able to make that connection. How did you get the other names in your, in your project? Was it just kind of, you know, traditional route? Like you were able to reach out to their agents and offer them whatever they wanted to be paid or was it also kind of luck that you knew somebody? I'm always curious to hear those stories. Uh, no, it was really, it was really just Juliet that had a connection like that. Everyone mm-hmm. else, it, it was the script. Uh, okay. But but my but my producer was obviously instrumental in that because she she has a track record and and she she really is you know she she has wonderful taste and people know that mm-hmm. and she has she has good relationships so so it made people read the script yeah um, but like you know as she says she's you know it's the script that makes them want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but, but actually, I mean, 
Cameron was the only one she had worked with before. Okay. Um, Frank Grillo ended up doing another movie for her as well, but he was attached to Paradise Highway first. Okay. Um, yeah, so it, it was the script and kind of her and and uh, and the agents and their reps liking it. And uh, yeah, yeah. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of times for, for filmmakers kind of earlier on in their career, you know, when they are ready to make something of the caliber that they want to attach a name to. And it's always like, mm. well, how do I convince them? And, you know, it's good to hear that the script really does make the difference. And of course you have to get your foot in the door to be able to talk to them, you know, however you do that. Mm. But like that, you know, when an actor really reads a script that they really respond to, they're going to want to do it. It's not just always just about money or, you know, only who, you know, or anything like, you know, the script does make a difference. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's essential. I mean, the hard, you know, the hardest thing is to get people to read. Right. So if you get them to read, you want to have something that they're going to respond to. Yeah. And, uh, so even though it took years and years to make the script what it became, it was definitely worth it, you know? Um, but there was something I wanted to say about kind of, well, you gotta have some luck. Yeah, because I mean, I, I came in with no connections whatsoever. I mean, I, I haven't grown up in Hollywood. I haven't grown up inside any of this. And my, my cinematographer was not someone I knew from before either. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, you can say the first step was that I got him on board and that was just on the script. I just sent him the script blindly and he read it and I happened to be in the city he lives in that weekend. And I was like, you know, I happen to be here. Do you want to have a coffee? And then he read the script right away and we met and he wanted to be on board. So, so it's, and then I also, I, I, I took the initiative to do, to do a location scout uh, mm -hmm. when he happened to be traveling anyway he, he happened to be in the in the u.s traveling and that you know you you always kind of build you build relationships because why would someone want to trust someone who hasn't done something before i get it yeah. so when i hadn't done something before i have to prove that i can be trusted that i am someone who is okay to work with that i am someone and uh I didn't think about it so much at the time, but I think, you know, for him to come along on the location scout and be on that trip together, kind of understanding more about me. And I think that's part of what made him then offer to send the script to Juliet mm -hmm. because he had gotten to know me a little bit more. So it's, yeah. but f film has to be a trust type of thing because everyone gives so much of themselves. Um, that you want to work with people you you want to work with people you think you can trust you know yeah absolutely i mean i know especially as an actor like it it makes all the difference in an experience if you have a good director who you feel comfortable yeah. with who you feel like you can trust versus someone that you know, and it doesn't, it's not always necessarily they don't know what they're doing or whatever, but it's mm. just, you know, it's an attitude and a, and a lot of times just the kind of person someone is mm. that, you know, you mm. can really, as an actor, you're in tune with emotions and energy and all that kind of thing. So like when you feel that and you really feel comfortable and trust, trusting with someone, it mm. really does make all the difference. It does make a huge difference because you're gonna, you're gonna give more of yourself when you feel safe. 
Yeah. And even for crew too, you know, it does mm-hmm. it extends beyond actors, you know, because mm. of course you're, you know, you're going to get paid at the end of it, but you're giving your time, your mm. energy, all of that to a project. Mm. So, yeah. Hey, Feb fam, have you heard us raving about Jambox yet? Because let me tell you, it's such an amazing tool for filmmakers, podcasters, advertisers, and anyone who needs music for their projects. Jambox.io is so versatile. They've got songs and sound effects organized by artist, genre, mood, and tags. And they're actually affordable. For as little as $9.99 a month for independent creators, $6 a month for students, or $19.99 a song, you can choose whether a subscription-based membership or a la carte pricing works better for you. And they're flexible. For individual creators, to commercial, to advertising, to theatrical release, they've got you covered. Plus, they're constantly growing and evolving. With new songs and playlists all the time and customer service on point, they really do have everything you need. We've been working with them for a while now and couldn't be happier. That's why we have a special coupon code for our listeners. For 10% off your purchase, make sure you enter code FEM10 at checkout. That's FEM, F-E-M-M-E, 10 at jambox.io where they connect creators with ridiculously good music and sound effects. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly feel, you know, when we were shooting, there is, there is so much going on and, and it was a, at least for me, relatively big crew. And I wish I could have, you know, had more time with all of them that I could have gotten to know each of them better that I could have made sure that they all, you know, felt appreciated and because they were all part of making this movie. It's, it's not my movie, you know, it's, it's our, it's our movie. Yeah. And I think that's also an attitude that really, it doesn't go unnoticed, you know, when a director Mm. or producer, someone in, you know, a seat of power, essentially with a project really makes it, you know, it's our movie. Everyone feels like they are a Mm. part of it and not just, you know, working a day job to make it Mm. happen. Yeah. 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 And that, you know, that, that I feel like I, I will find better and better ways of making sure that that's good, that I managed to communicate Mm -hmm. that even though I feel that way, it, it, you know, I'm sure on this film that there, I'm sure there were some people who didn't necessarily understand that, that that's Mm -hmm. how I felt. Uh, I tried to make sure to say it, but I'm sure it does. You can always get, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know, I think you can always get, uh, yeah, I, I I think I I will get better next time at the really, really making sure that people understands that that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I would also like to get into just for a little bit about directing a child actor because that's mm. something that you know a lot of people don't get to do, don't have a lot of experience in, and then when they have to do it, they don't know what to do. <laughs> right. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience with that. Yeah, I mean, I I um. I have worked quite a bit with uh, with younger actors and also in challenging roles, not just sort of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I respect I respect all actors so much, and I and probably because I also used to be an actor, I really I really sympathize with, and I I know how much they give of themselves. I also did did do a lot of acting as a child, although not professionally, but mm-hmm. I. I would do a lot of acting. And so I, I just have 
so much respect also for the child actors. Um, and one thing that I know, like there, there are definitely some directors who, who talk about how, well, with, with child actors, you just have to kind of manipulate them into getting what you want. And that's just not something I believe in. Yeah. Um, in general, I don't believe in it, not, not with any actors, but, but, but not with children either because I respect them. So like with Hala, who is an incredibly talented young woman and incredibly professional and hardworking, I, I respect her so much. I know that she will give what the character needs if I, it's up to me to give her the space to be able to do so. And it's up to me to be able to discuss the scenes with her and talk about the character with her so that it gives her what she needs in order for her to do her work. Mm -hmm. um, now she is incredibly good. And obviously with some children I've worked with, I have to, I have to help them more in the process. Um, and that's also okay. But with Hala, it was really just such a respect for her and there was such a respect for her process that it was, um, it was really more than anything about deciphering the scenes and mm -hmm. talking through the scenes in advance and really breaking things down with her. Yeah. Did she have much experience before? I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, she, so she did a TV show when she was really young, okay. uh, which I can't remember the name of it now. I'm terrible with these things, but and and then she has done a few movies. Yeah, I mean she, okay. you know, she she is a professional. Mm -hmm. But this is, I, I believe, this is the first really like challenging, sort of breakout type of role she's doing. Yeah, and and she's incredible. I mean, when you see the movie, you'll you'll be floored by her. I think. I mean, she's even just, in the trailer. I was. <laughs> yeah. No, she she's a real she's a breakout star. You know. Yeah. I mean, she's. Uh, She's like, you know, Jennifer Lawrence or, you know, one of these other people, unless she decides she wants to do something else, like mm -hmm. become a doctor or an architect or something. Yeah. Because she can probably do whatever she wants if she sets her heart to it. But I think she's going to continue being an actress because she loves it. She loves mm -hmm. it so much. And like, she loves it at a deep level. It's not about the attention for her, but yeah. she loves like the actual process of acting and being in a character and honoring what that character needs she's just incredible <laughs> I love that I love to hear that <laughs> yeah yeah she she really is yeah she really is so you guys shot everything how long was production out of curiosity um we had 25 shooting days okay which was uh which was very little for this movie yeah I was gonna say there's a lot of it looks like big um action scenes I guess for lack of any better word to yeah. describe it but yes yeah, complicated <laughs> scenes yeah. that take time yeah there are action scenes and and just driving I mean driving in yeah. itself takes takes is really time consuming and let alone with an 18 wheeler yeah so so it was 25 days um was you know I I really would have loved more time mm -hmm. um and, and then and then we had a few days with with drone um, with drone, drone okay. sort of pickup shoots uh, a couple of months later. 
yeah. uh, that, that we intentionally did that way because we wanted to kind of get along with the edit to really know what we wanted and what the movie needed mm -hmm. uh, of that. But yeah, 25 days. Yeah. And then did you choose shooting locations based purely on, you know, this is the look that we're looking for or were there other factors like, you know, the tax, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes into it? Yeah, I mean, the, there were definitely some choices about, you know, where we could shoot in terms of that. But we, we you know, we we had actually planned to shoot in New Mexico, mm -hmm. but we ended up shooting in Mississippi because of Morgan Freeman. Okay. So that he could he could stay at home while we were shooting. Mm -hmm. um, and, but Mississippi also have tax credits. So mm -hmm. so so that was. Um, and then in terms of, yeah, I mean, we had a lot of locations on this movie and we had an incredible uh, AD, assistant mm -hmm. director, who I don't know how her brain works and how she's <laughs> able to schedule as well as she does, but she was able to schedule this movie. And and I I still have no idea how she managed to do that. Yeah. It's, uh, her, her name is Mary Kerrigan and she's, um, yeah, she is, uh, she is remarkable. So she was able to, and she was also with us when we were scouting. So we were running around and finding, and it, I really would say that most of all, we went for what we wanted mm -hmm. for the locations, but obviously you also have to hub certain locations, especially when you're moving to, you know, three different locations in a day. But, but we would always, I always felt good. I felt good about all the locations and good. I felt like really good about some of them are just fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah just exciting. I love That's locations. Awesome. Locations yeah. is like a big, I, I really, it's like, it's, it's a big thing for me with a movie to get the locations right is really, I think it's important. It gives so much to the movie. Yeah. So yeah. And also Frida Oliva, the, the production designer, she was also along for the location scout, of course. And that we were, you know, plotting in what this would all look like. It's yeah. exciting. I love when you can get more people involved with pre-production stuff, such as location scouting. Like, you know, anytime that I'm working with a production designer, for example, or, you know, an editor or a sound person, anyone that's willing to like, come on for things like that. I'm always so excited for because yes. I feel like that makes everyone's job easier, but it also, you know, you can work out the kinks and stuff and mm. maybe they're going to think of something that you wouldn't even realize like sound, especially a lot of times you don't realize how loud places are because it's, uh, yeah. it's kind of background sound to you, but they'll point mm. it out. And yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, no, I, it, you know, the more, but obviously that's again about sort of money and how of many course. people you can bring along and all of that. But, but it's uh, yeah, it gives a lot with whoever is able to and can come on board early. It's just so it may, you know, everything that you do in prep gives back tenfold during production mm -hmm. because during production, you have no time and you're always pressed during pre-production too. But the more you can get done then, the at least more doable it is during production. Yeah, for sure. So once you wrapped and you get the film edited and it's time to get it out there, were you much involved in the whole like distribution plan, all of that? Or did you kind of, were you hands off on that? I'm always curious I, about that because I feel like it goes either way yeah, for people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't have any say okay. <laughs> with, that, with that side of things. Yeah. Uh, but they were very nice and the producer, you know, the producers always held me, you know, kept me posted and, and everything. But no, I, I had no... I had no say. 
Yeah, it's in, honestly, in, in those things. Yeah, probably and less stressful for you <laughs> that way. And that's also okay. You know, that's yeah, it's totally, totally fine. It's 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 how it should be. And I had so many other things to think about. That was about actually finishing the movie. So right. Yeah. Um, so before we let you go, I would just love for you to let our listeners know where they can watch the film since it will be coming out today. And also anything personally, you know, social media, website, anything like that that you'd like to share? Yeah, so the movie will come in select theaters today, tonight, as you're saying. <laughs> and uh, and it's exciting because, you know, these days it's, it's, it's exciting even that a film just gets in theaters. So if you can, if it's in a theater close to you, you definitely should see it in the theater. Uh, but it's also going to be on, on the normal streaming platforms. And, and, and Tessa will, will put that in the notes so that yeah. you can see exactly where you can see it. Um, you can uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Anna Guto. That's it, just Anna Guto in one word. That's A N N A G U T T O, and uh, the same on Facebook. I'm Anna Guto, just with a space in between on Facebook, and I'm not on Twitter. I'm not a Twitterer, um, but yeah, please follow me on Instagram. That's where I post the most, and and uh, and then you can follow what's going on. I will be in I will be in LA on the 29th for some of the screenings and I will be in New York for screenings on the 31st so tonight I am in LA and on Sunday I'll be in New York so maybe I'll, I'll even see people in the theater yeah awesome well thank you again Anna for coming on this has been a great chat I always just love hearing you know people's directorial debuts, whatever Mm. that means, whether it's their first short, their first feature, but like getting to hear that, you know, you got to do that on such a, an amazing project that you've been working on has been close to your heart for so long and that you got to do so much with it. Like, it's so exciting. It is exciting. No, thanks so much, Tessa. It was a great conversation. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at FemRegard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.